Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. With the brand new Elvis biopic by Baz Luhrmann, we see that once again a number of Elvis fans are coming out of the woodwork with excitement to see their favorite icon brought back into the mainstream. So with all of that going on, specifically tonight being the night that it's premiering, we wanted to talk about the true occult history behind Elvis because a lot of people... Greg Laurie, for example, might tell you that Elvis was really a good Christian boy who just got off a little bit, but eventually came back to Christ in the end. So to discuss Elvis and a number of other topics, but specifically Elvis today and his true occult history is none other than the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. It's great to be here, Chad. Uh, He's back, man. Elvis is back. Uh, so yeah, uh, a lot of people practically worship this guy, king of rock and roll. Uh, man, we it's not that you know we have a specifically we have some kind of thing where you know Elvis, but we're concerned about people who uh, make him a saint basically, and basically think he's a good influence on on the world and has been in the past and his music still is to this day. Uh, we believe that our emphasis and our worship and our hearts should belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we believe he was a false Messiah of sorts. He felt he was, as you'll see as we get into it, he felt he was a new age Christ. And he was a false teacher, actually. And we're going to get into that. No, and this is really important, guys. And when these movies come out, like the one that, that came out with uh, with Queen and, and so forth, a lot of times these albums that they had previously go right up the rankings and a lot of that is parents. Parents are saying, oh, I love this guy. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of them. And then they get their children into it and do not realize a lot of the spiritual strings that are being pulled from over the years from a lot of these artists. So we want to dig right into that. And I and I think, Joe, maybe the first thing we talk about before we get into some of the stuff, and we're going to be playing a number of clips. And you guys can check this out if you check out our video, They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll. If you didn't know, that's the video that I watched before I came to Christ when I was an atheist and then gave my life to Christ. So we'd love for you to check out They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll. But if you don't have time to order that, you can also just go to our YouTube channel, and it's our second most watched video of all time is our clip on Elvis, and it's over 19 minutes long, and we're going to be dealing with a number of those clips and just kind of bringing them back in an understanding of where he was and the true story behind it, because there's a lot of lies out there from Christians who want to, for some reason, think if if Elvis is, was a believer in Christ, then it makes it validates my Christianity, which is so absurd but nonetheless, when we get into it, it's important. But with this new clip, this this trailer that's been going around, been very popular, seen in all over. There's actually two trailers, one a little shorter, one extended. I mean, when you get Tom Hanks involved with any project, you're always going to get a ton of people watching it. And so what we see here in this clip, it's just from the trailer, but there's a statement that's made, Joe, that I've heard a number of times, and I'm sure you've heard it a lot more than I have, but I've heard a number of times from people who claim, well, let's just play the clip, I guess, before I bury the very short lead. But see what we mean when we say that there are a lot of people that are very deluded and have a misunderstanding of when God gives someone a gift. Well, since my special Mom, going to put me in jail. What you saying is God-given. So there can't be nothing wrong with it. So, Joe, the argumentation is, and it looks like his mother is saying it to him. We don't know if that's something that really happened or, or not, but this is not something that's uncommon in terms of somebody arguing, well, it's God-given, so how can there be anything wrong with this? It's God's the one who gave him the talent. We've heard that from 
about Freddie Mercury from a number of different artists that we've exposed over the years. And Joe, I, I just want to start off with that argument. If God is the one who gave them the talent, is there anywhere there can be anything wrong with the things they're singing? Yeah, that comes from a very kind of shallow, naive uh, view of the spiritual world. Uh, certainly God gave us, you know, if we if we open our mouths, he gave us the ability, ability to speak, ability to sing. Uh, he gave us the ability to be creative. Someone could take their hands, they could paint. Uh, so somebody might say, hey, look, whatever you painted, you know, that must be from God. Well, gifts can be augmented, transformed, perverted by the fallen spirit world. Uh, there's a lot of evidence. I mean, it's very clear in scripture that there are demonic agencies, the powers of darkness. Paul said we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. In other words, these demonic agencies, these dark powers, are the darkness that you see in the world, whether it's mass abortion, uh, you know, trans, you know, sexualism, all these things that are just mixing up the order that God created. Uh, they're the rulers of the darkness are actually inspiring so much of this. Satan's a liar, the father lies, and so forth. So uh, someone, let's say they, you know, someone paints something that's beautiful, you say, oh, well, you've got such a gift from God to paint. Well, guess what? Demonic entities can inspire them to paint something very perverse, very diabolical. And you wouldn't say, well, that must be from God. Because, you know, look how beautiful this, the contours, the body shapes you've made in this orgy that involves a bunch of little children. You never say, oh, that's what a wonderful, that's just the result of God gifting you. No, that's a perversion of God's gifting. Uh, and your voice can also be used by demonic agencies. Just read the scripture. If you understand the word of God, uh, if you understand what Jesus did when he dealt with demonic spirits, sometimes they would uh, suspend the usage by the human being of the ability to use their vocal cords, and the demonic entities would use their vocal cords. In fact, Jesus told, sometimes he told the entities to stop speaking through the people that he'd possessed. In fact, we have quotes from uh, different uh, musicians who talk about these powers that actually energize their vocals. Even Beyonce, when she would, you know, basically give herself over to uh, Sasha Fierce, she said she couldn't even sing like that. And she said the BT Awards and then this, this entity she calls Sasha Fierce took her over and, and, and helped her vocals go to a place they'd never been before. So uh, we know biblically that not only demonic entities, they can empower people, but uh, we also see that musically, that Satan's associated with music in Isaiah chapter 14, Ezekiel chapter 28. Uh, he'll be brought down, it says, with his musical instruments in Isaiah chapter 14 because he wanted to be like the most high God. So we do see in scripture that Satan uh, can uh, inspire people. He can possess people. He can, before I was a Christian, I was channeling all kinds of lyrics. You say, oh, poetry's from God because guess what? God gives us the ability to, to write. People would trip out on my lyrics. But as a 16 and 17 year old, I was writing lyrics that were way beyond me. And when I came, before I came to Christ, I found out I myself with demonic agencies because these entities began to actually torment me. So I cried out that Jesus was delivered by his power. And then I realized, you know, and thank God I lost that ability uh, overnight, right, when I came to Jesus. And I used the gifts that God's given me to lift up the name of Jesus. So uh, you can't just, it's so naive to just say, oh, well, that person must be gifted by God. So whatever they do is from God. Yeah, it seems fairly naive, but that is that is the thought that a lot of people have. So it's important for us to address those things. And now the first clip we're going to play, one is once again from our video, They Sold Their Souls to Rock and Roll. And as I said, you can see just the Elvis portion, if you want, right here on our YouTube channel. You guys can check it out. And we'll put a link in the description after if you would like. But nonetheless, guys, this clip right here is going to talk about just the guided hand uh, that was behind Elvis that he talked about and told a lot about his to his friends. Elvis Presley, like no other artist before or after, had an uncanny effect on millions of his fans. He said he had no control over the way his body responded to music and described the transformation that took place with him on stage as though he were being possessed by some, quote, surge of electricity. Steve Dunlevy, author of Elvis What Happened, stated Elvis Presley was straddling the microphone in the most suggestive of manners, his groin gyrating inches from the upright stand, and he was shaking in convulsive movements as if possessed by an alien spirit. When he sang loudly, he commanded his worshippers. 
Later in life, Elvis would acknowledge that the strange powers that he'd wielded over his audiences were occultic powers that he'd received from the spirit world. Elvis, as a child, believed that he was being guided by the voice of his brother Jesse, who had died at birth, but later admitted that he was being used by a hierarchy of spirit beings. His close friend Larry Geller wrote that Elvis believed that he was working under the aegis of these masters, that they had helped him. Elvis admitted, I always felt an unseen hand behind me. I heard that same voice and thought it was my brother. That's what I thought. I heard this guidance guiding me all my life. That's why I'm here and why I'm doing this. This didn't just happen. This wasn't mere happenstance. Author Gary Herman stated that Elvis, quote, recognized the devil's part in his success. Wow, Joe. I mean, really, I don't. I don't know. Maybe now or or when, but a lot of people don't realize the effect. First of all, that Elvis has had on people, and really, like like he talks about there, is some of the stuff he was drawing from. Yeah, uh, from childhood, he believed that he was in touch with different entities, and I have no doubt that he was. Uh, and one of those he felt was his brother Jesse, twin brother that had died uh, when they were born, and uh, according to Earl. Uh, which is uh, his, his cousin Earl Greenwood. Uh, he states that, it, uh, well, we just heard it from Elvis's own mouth right there, but uh, that, that he uh, felt he communicated with him every day. And that when they moved to Memphis, he said Elvis allegedly told his cousin Earl, who was like his great friend during high school, and hung out with him off and on afterwards quite a bit, uh, that, that uh, when he moved to Memphis, that you know, Jesse is the one who's guided us here, you know. So he was in touch, but later on in life, he began to realize that these voices were a bit more sophisticated and more than one. And I don't want to say too much because uh, this, this clip that I can't believe I didn't. When I did this Elvis part, I was showing the occult history of music. I had no idea we'd get over a million views on that uh, so quickly. Uh, and But I'm glad that because I didn't realize, wow, how many people would be, you know, how many Elvis fans there still were. And uh, we've got a lot of people that are very upset with, you know, but you're going to hear it from the, the words of the people that knew him the best. Yeah, I think that is what's amazing here as we look at this. These are the people that were right next to him. And it's so interesting when you do see some of the fans, specifically those who are Christian, create their own narrative and talk about the gospel songs and stuff. And we'll, we'll address that as well. But it, it just seems so sad to watch people need to and cling to that he might have been a believer when we're going to see over and over again that not only his actions, whether it's his adultery or pedophilia, which we'll get into as well, not only all of that, but honestly the Jesus that he ended up pushing on a lot of people. But on this clip that we're going to be playing, this is a group of people that he called his disciples. These are the Memphis Mafia talking specifically about their relationship with Elvis. Elvis's bodyguards, known as the Memphis Mafia, who lived with Elvis Presley for several years, witnessed firsthand his occultic powers and his influence over his millions of fans. I grew up with Elvis Presley. I grew up and became a middle-aged man with Elvis Presley. And then all of a sudden, it's over. I knew the drugs had him, they were going to get him, and there was no turning back, and I felt sick. Elvis's former bodyguards revealed that Elvis not only believed that he had occultic powers, but that he was a prophet and that they were his disciples. Red West declared he likes to be in control. He likes to be a God figure. For many years, with real seriousness, he called us his disciples. Red West declared with conviction that Elvis possessed some kind of special powers, something like psychic powers, he said. Elvis proved it to me again and again. Sonny West, the cousin of Red West, was also considered a disciple by Elvis. Sonny tells about Elvis's amazing occultic powers. Sonny West admitted he genuinely believes that he is a prophet and we were his disciples. He certainly had a power over us. He certainly had control over me. I admit it. I mean, he had me going where I was making telephone calls about getting Mike Stone hit. I am no killer. Elvis actually had plotted to murder a number of people. Sonny West tells how Elvis sought to use his occultic powers to manipulate him to murder Mike Stone. Elvis sat down and he said, Sonny, get down, get down. So I was at the foot of the bed and I got down on my knees. He said, come here. And he put his hands out. And I took his hands and he said, look at me, look at me, man. And I, I started looking at him. He was trying to give me suggestion by concentrating on, you got to kill him, Sonny. You got to do it, man. You got to do it. He's breaking up my family. Very low key. And I'm fighting. I said, no, 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 Elvis. He said, Sonny, you can do it. Elvis jumped up, went in and got this assault rifle. I think it was an AK-47 or something. 
and he came out, or either Thompson machine guns, one of the two, and he came out and put it in my hand. I said, Sonny, go kill Mike Stone. Do it for me. Go kill him. Well, I'm evil. Yeah, Joe, I think that is an interesting clip because maybe people don't really realize that was the kind of stuff he was doing. And, and it seems, though, more than just obviously wanting him to murder someone for him, but it does seem to me that he was trying, at least in that regard, uh, by that testimony, trying to use persuasion or maybe even some sort of telepathic I, idea from some of the nonsense that he was really into in reading. Yeah, he was incredibly violent, uh, a series of violent rages, just destroying everything around him, you know, more than once, you know, shooting the TV out, uh, blown with, with the rifle, uh, just nuts. But at the same time, he believed he had, and he did have occult powers. Uh, obviously, you know, he couldn't get that man because Satan can't even, he can't hypnotize you, make you do something that's absolutely against your will. But uh, he believed he had occult powers, and he did. And whether it was Mike Stone being killed, I mean, well, thank God, you know, he didn't have that guy murdered ultimately. But how many millions of young people were led into uh, the whole, you know, the whole rock and roll lifestyle and Elvis went not only to the music, but the sexual perversion and the drugs, which we'll get into later. Uh, and he led, he helped lead a generation into the 60s, uh, from the 50s into the 60s, and just kind of became the, basically the, you know, greased the skids for sexual revolution and the drug revolution that came on the heels of the king of rock and roll. Yeah, I think people need to see the impact that this is, his life really did have on people. And I think some of the other clips that we'll play, and a lot, we're going to be playing a lot of clips here today because... The, the work has been done already on They Sold Their Souls to Rock and Roll, and this stuff is really, really important for people to understand. And I know this new movie is going to come out. People are going to be really excited about Elvis again. They're, they've made a villain out of Colonel Parker, who's not a Colonel or a Parker. He's really yeah. from Holland. And, yeah, Dutch and, guy. And Dutch guy. Yeah, Dutch guy and uh, really interesting character. But they're going to probably look at it and see, oh, yeah, Elvis had his flaws, but... You know, overall, he was probably a good Christian boy. Nah, the way and, it, yeah. and that's exactly what has happened over and over. And I know the film makes a lot of the fact that he got a lot of his inspiration from going to the the black revival churches and so forth in the South and, and seeing some of that and then using some of that material and then kind of broadcasting that. And I know that's been a, a big portion of it. But nonetheless, when it comes to this, we want to look at that true occult history, the stuff that Maybe people have tried to push aside and act like, no, that's not true, because the truth is, as we'll talk about, as you talk about in this specific clip here, that a lot of people were actually deceived that Elvis is actually a Christian. Many people have been deceived into believing that Elvis in some way was a Christian. Elvis's close friend, Larry Geller, wrote in his book, Elvis, If I Can Dream, that Elvis actually denied that Jesus Christ was the only begotten Son of God. Larry Geller exclaimed, he didn't think that Jesus was the only begotten Son of God. He thought that all people had Christ in them and had the same potential. Elvis's conception of Jesus Christ differed from the Jesus depicted by modern Christianity. According to Elvis's former disciples, quote, whenever he mentioned Jesus, he would just say, now Jesus, he was getting it on with Mary, Mary Magdalene. It ain't in the Bible, but it's true. She got stoned, but Jesus took care of her and they traveled around a lot together. While Elvis did not follow the historical Christ of the Bible, but used him as a cover, he eventually claimed to be more than a prophet, and claimed that he himself was Christ. I was about 14 years old, and he sat down with me and he said, David, Jesus Christ, I know who he is, but who am I? Now, Joe, I, I, I guess I probably need to ask you who is Elvis <laughs> after that, but some of the things that are said there that were told to the people around him of what his real views about Jesus were. I mean, that stuff hurts me to hear. I mean, that really is disgusting that somebody would say that about Jesus. Not to mention, I'm sorry, but how dumb it is to say that sort of history of Jesus when we have the written material so clearly given to us in the scriptures. But but nonetheless, it's just heartbreaking to hear those types of things. And then, you know, you could read books by Greg Laurie that talk about how he never really let go of his faith and he really even though he had struggles he was really trusting uh, in the Lord now he believed he was a Christ and we're going to get into that a little bit later but uh, he had he had a portable uh, you know library they took that it was filled with uh, sometimes up to 200 uh, books mostly on the occult and uh, he had the occult view of Jesus which is Jesus it's a different Jesus the Bible warns about having a different gospel a different spirit a different Jesus now Satan comes as the angel of light there it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 
and Satan preaches a different Jesus. Well, he had an occult uh, Jesus. He didn't have this a belief in the historical Jesus Christ of Scripture. In fact, he came to believe after he got more and more into uh, tuning into these voices that he was in touch with and reading books on the occult that gave him a worldview, an occult worldview, and the framework as to the entities that were 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 uh, he was channeling uh, that were empowering him uh, to help lead this sexual revolution. Uh, but he came to the point where he believed he was a divine messenger. He was deluded. Uh, and he actually uh, talked about, I'm a divine messenger. He began singing, what a friend we have in Elvis. Okay, Actually put his name, Elvis, instead of, instead of the name of Jesus there. Because guess what? He believed that he was a modern day Christ. And we'll get into a little bit of that in some of the clips. No, that is absolutely heartbreaking. Especially when you would say that and knowing some of the other times he used that song. Yeah, we're going to see that because later. We're going to see that now uh, because yeah. not only are we going to talk about that clip here, but also, guys, um, what people have pushed aside so often when it comes to Elvis is a better understanding that this guy was also a pedophile. Mm-hmm. In fact, you guys can hear just how old Priscilla was when they actually met and started getting together. I was in the living room when she came in, and uh, I said, Elvis, this is... Priscilla, Priscilla, this is Elvis. And I said, I just had these visions of all of us just going to prison for life. I, you know, I was scared to death. She wasn't even 14 yet. Elvis lived with young teenage Priscilla in fornication for nearly five years until he was pressured for the sake of his public image to marry her. Elvis's marriage, however, never changed who he really was as he turned from fornicator to adulterer. Let's face it, from the time Elvis became famous until the very end he never at any point stopped seeing other women including with Priscilla exactly never right. stopped he was having her around when he wanted her around see Elvis used Jesus Christ's name as a cover and actually was so promiscuous that he participated in orgies seeking with several women at a time you know the girl I was with last night oh man I'm gonna tell you she could raise a dead boy Regarding Elvis's gospel music, Albert Goldman in his book Elvis, The Last 24 Hours, declared that, quote, essentially Elvis was a phony and that he feigned piety. Incredibly, what you are about to see is Elvis describing one of his sexual encounters as a hot lunch and after finding out that he's being miked, changing gears by singing, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. I'm, I'm, I had a hot lunch, all right. Oh, oh. Uh, how was your lunch? <laughs> no, no, they don't have sound. Check out Elvis, there's a mic up there. Now, Joe, just to give uh, just a couple of different background things on there. I mean, there's a lot to just kind of understand That's there. Absolute blasphemy, folks. Oh, 100%. And not only did it start with them saying, Priscilla, when they first were getting together, wasn't even, she was 13. She was yeah. not even 14 years Eighth, old. ninth grade, man. He said, we're all going to go to prison I mean, he was for like, life. He was like Jeffrey Epstein. So if you think of Jeffrey Epstein, you'd be like, that guy's disgusting, going after teen girls and just, and, and acting like it's no big deal. But when it's Elvis, people, oh, let's set that aside. It's like Michael Jackson, man. He makes the, you know, Neverland Ranch. He looks like, it's like Disneyland, seduce the kids, sleeps with them. Oh, but his music's so good. So people put the truth aside of how perverted these people are because they worship them and they can overlook warts. When you're talking about pedophilia, that's a pretty serious wart to overlook. And I don't want to be entertained by a guy who is in touch with demonic spirits, being used by demonic spirits, believes that he's a Christ, and is chasing young girls and is very, you know, an adulteress throughout his life, and then blaspheming Jesus, using the name of Jesus as a cover when his own bodyguards and best friends are saying, hey, Elvis, you're actually being videotaped. You might do monologue over that. And guess what he does? It's very, very telling. You saw it right there. What a friend we have in Jesus. What was he saying? That says a lot, Chad. He's basically saying, I use the name of Jesus to cover up my demonic filth. And guess what? That's how I will live my life because people think I'm the squeaky clean guy when really I'm a pervert. But, you know, the guys living with him, well, some of them came out and said, a lot of them came out and said he was pretty, pretty dark dude. You know, he's involved in a cult and sexual per- violence, all those things. And well, a lot of people will go, wow, I want nothing to do with Elvis. There'll be other people like, oh, but but he was gifted by God in some way. And they'll just be deluded, and it breaks my heart. No, it is it is really sad when you see these sorts of things, and you see people just absolutely have such, they're enamored by him, and they just love him, and they have to have 
you know, they sleep on his bedding and, and all of this stuff. The what they don't realize yeah. is they're not really being enamored by Elvis. He was a meat puppet for Satan, man. He's being used by these demonic entities who are channeling through him, but they're being moved deeply inwardly by these demonic spirits, and they're thinking it has nothing to do with a man other than the, he's a meat puppet. So they're being moved by these dark forces, and they don't realize it. And we say this in love because Jesus Christ came to destroy the works of the devil, it says. He came to set us free from these powers of darkness. And guess what? Chad and I were both headlong into our own musical idols, whether it was Zeppelin or, or you know, Slipknot or whoever. Who, we were into different things, into a lot of dark music and so forth. When we came to Christ, we were set free from that. So we recognize the pull of, 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 of you know, how Satan uses entertainers, but we want to make sure we're set free from their powers and that we're set free to worship the true king, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will be with forever. No, it is so heartbreaking when you see all these things. And like you said, the one that... That got me. I, I got to be honest, when I was not even a believer in, in God just yet, but when I was watching the video, they sold their social rock and roll where that clip comes from. And I just remember hearing that, just knowing that's so wicked to be like, oh, I better lie to the public and make it look like I'm still with Jesus so that, you know, then these stories can take place where someone comes and says, well, one time someone brought up a, a sign and said, Jesus King. And he said, no, I, or I'm sorry. Elvis is king, and he said, no, Jesus is king from the stage, but this is how he lived his life. Jesus yeah. obviously wasn't king of his he was, heart. He was a fraud. He was a fraud, yeah, and, and it's I mean, sad. Oh, he did a gospel album. He got a Grammy for it. it. Look at what he was living like. He didn't believe in the biblical Jesus when he's singing those songs. In fact, he's claiming himself at that point to be some type of Messiah. Yeah, and, and I want to get into it a little bit later when we get to a later clip when we talk about... And this happens so often with artists, Joe, and it's so it's so sad. But anytime any major artist dies, a lot of times the emails we get or, or you know from people are some very strange conspiratorial thing that they were just about to expose this or they were just about to do this. When a lot of times these guys are drug fiends, they've been pushing and peddling non like just absolute sinful things over and over again, or they're secretly living a private life over here. Doesn't matter if it's Tupac Shakur or it's right here with Elvis. And we'll talk about that a little bit more by the way, when it comes to the Elvis worshipers. Was with Priscilla for four or five years before he married her. Oh yeah. He was a pedophile through that whole time that he's being worshipped by America and much of the world. No, and and that's that's very true. And you look at this and just and as they said right there in the interview, he was never faithful to her. He was never ever faithful to her. It's a it's a sad and and really disturbing thing. And when you see him using that, and I bring this up because that specific video, that clip, as I said, was something that I was like, wow, I can't believe Elvis was like this. I wasn't ready for that. And then when I started working at, at Good Fight alongside you, Joe, and I started conversing with people that were such big fans of Elvis, I didn't realize that that would be emails that I would deal with over and over again mm -hmm. when I first started helping answer the emails here. And I remember conversing with one pastor. And specifically when it comes to that exact clip, when we were discussing it, and you say the words, Elvis used Jesus' name as a cover, and I said, how wicked was this? And you think that he was a Christian this whole time and all this stuff? And he said to me, well, don't we all use Jesus as a cover? Wow. And I said to myself, this guy doesn't care about truth. He does. Honestly, you could not come to that conclusion. And for the believer who loves Jesus Christ and who has put on the Lord Jesus Christ and doesn't just simply say, Lord, Lord, but actually does the things that Jesus calls us to do, and then say that's the same as someone talking and bragging about someone they slept with outside of marriage, and then when they find out a mic is hot and other people can hear them, they start singing over the the sound for a monologue to cover up their dirty deed. It's just yeah. disgusting. And when you don't care about truth because you need to make sure you have your Elvis, I mean, it, it just breaks my heart, and it, and it really is sick. Chad, let me read this. This is from a non-Christian yeah. secular biographer named Albert Goldman, a leading Elvis biographer. And this is from his book, The 24 Hours, or The Last 24 Hours. And he shows where there's evidence that looks like Elvis may have actually committed suicide. I'm not definitive on that. It's very interesting evidence he provides. But this is what he says. He says, Elvis Presley never stood for anything. He's the guy you want to worship. Uh, he made no sacrifices fought no battles, suffered no martyrdom, never raised a finger to struggle on behalf of what he believed or claimed to believe. Even gospel, the music he cherished above all, he traveled and commercialized the soft-soaped 
and soft-soaped it to the point where it became nauseating. Essentially, Elvis was a phony. He feigned piety, but his spirituals sound insincere or histrionic. Now, it is, it is really disturbing, and it's sad, and it's heartbreaking when we see all these things being said and, and understanding that this was the life he lived. And if you guys are not disgusted by all of that behavior and maybe think, well, he was a Christian who was just struggling, whatever that means, but uh, in terms of that kind of struggling. Well, you believe that you're a Christ yeah, and you're using Jesus as a cover for pedophilia or other sexual perversions, you're not just struggling. You're not following Christ. You're not a Christian. No, that's true. Yeah, you're not just... It's a lot different, and we talk about this a lot, Joe, but it's important to bring it up. You know, if I get pooped on by a bird, you know what I do? I I clean it up. I don't wipe it on my face. And the fact is, is if you step in dog poop, you clean it off your feet. For those who are wallowing in the mire in their sin and just saying, oh, it's totally fine. This, This is great. I want this disgusting stuff all over my face. That's not somebody that I would consider a brother in Christ, that they are just wallowing in the mire. Uh, it, it's it's recognizing that sin and hating the fact that you and stepped in it. this was for it. his life, man. So, I mean, this is years and years and years till the day he died, he was involved in the occult and so forth. We have no testimony that he realized, I need to get away from worshiping these entities and, and being used by them and get out of the occult. We don't see a break from his, his sexual perversion. We don't see a break from these things. We don't see a guy that's even fighting. We see a guy that's just read rush headlong into a life of sexual perversion and occult practices. Yeah, and not, we haven't even gotten into how he died and who was in his bed next to him, because we will get to that. But I want to play this clip right here, also from They Sold Their Souls to Rock and Roll, where Larry Geller actually talks about the actual, his uh, his bad news he was sharing with other people quite often, actually. Elvis's close friend, Larry Geller, even admits that Elvis named his gospel group Voice after his occult magazine, The New Age Voice. In his book, he shows how Elvis Presley was so influenced by the occultic masters from India that he was even going so far as having the stage costumes designed in the manner of the masters. He writes, in Elvis's mind, his life was being directed divinely by the brotherhood of masters and illuminated beings, enlightened entities that have existed since time immemorial. And he truly felt that he was chosen to be here now as a modern-day savior, a Christ. Yeah, I think, Joe, where a lot of people don't really understand and see when it comes to all these clips. It's one thing to see, obviously, the disgusting behavior over and over and over again. Uh, and, and as you mentioned, this isn't something that, oh, when he got to the end of his life, he said, I can't believe I've done that. Um, but when we're seeing also that he wasn't just simply somebody who was practicing wickedness, but he was actually purveying this. He was actually pushing this stuff on people. Yeah, and I think it's important in one of the clips we're going to show, we're going to show that he was actually proselytizing uh, for, well, the occult powers. And I don't want to say too much. because Yeah, that's the next clip, actually. Yeah, yeah no, I, I think it's it's really important. And one of the things, I, I guess, as a preamble for this next clip, because this is a longer clip, because I think it's an important clip, not only the, the stuff, as you said, for occult masters and so forth, but also the homage that's paid here. I mean, there are people right now that, without a doubt, believe that that Elvis faked his death and he is right now pastoring a church, and his name is Bob Joyce. And there are people that believe right now, and you're going to see here, that believe that Elvis can actually answer your prayers. Uh, there are people right now that believe Elvis shows up when they actually make their toast. There are people right now who build giant statues in Israel out front of uh, different uh, restaurants and so forth for Elvis. I mean, it sounds like we're crazy, but these things are all true. It's the tip of the iceberg. It's all over the place. It's it, Exactly. It's so if you guys, you guys got to see this clip because the homage play, paid and one of the reasons why we put the clips together uh, from the Soldier Social Rock and Roll together here is to see the homage and also to see the spirit behind this whole thing. Today, millions of Elvis's fans are still deluded by the image of Elvis Presley and unaware of the reality. They pay homage to a false Christ who in the end could not even save himself. Many still believe that Elvis is making appearances around the world. And I came across the cloud and... Uh, Oh, it really looks like Elvis. Elvis Presley Enterprises rakes in over $100 million a year from Elvis-related items. A quarter century after his death, nearly three-quarters of a million people still pilgrimage to Graceland in Memphis, Tennessee annually to pay homage to the king of rock and roll. 
It was and is the image they worship and not the reality. For if they had truly known who Elvis was, they would have mourned for him as one would mourn for anyone whose life is controlled by satanic forces and headed toward destruction. Sadder still is that the New Age lies that Elvis helped to perpetuate and eventually helped destroy him have now gripped mainstream society and further prepared the world to accept the ultimate false Christ, the Antichrist. Larry Geller declared, I saw hundreds of concertgoers carrying their sick and crippled children rush up to Elvis on stage crying out, Elvis, please touch my baby. If you really believe in Elvis, if you are a good person, you know, if you follow God, I mean, you know, Elvis can heal you. Elvis Presley was actually a disciple of the teachings of the Satanist Madame Blavatsky. It was Blavatsky's teachings of the Aryan race that influenced Adolf Hitler and the SS. It was in Blavatsky's publications that the swastika first appeared in published material in Nazi Germany. Adolf Hitler was said to have kept a copy of her spirit-channeled book, The Secret Doctrine, at his bedside. Satanist Aleister Crowley boasted that he and Blavatsky were one. Blavatsky stated in The Secret Doctrine that, quote, Satan is the angel who was proud enough to believe himself God, brave enough to buy his independence at the price of eternal suffering and torture. She declared Satan, the serpent of Genesis, is the real creator and benefactor, the father of spiritual mankind, and he who was the first to whisper, in the day you eat thereof you shall be as Elohim, knowing good and evil, can only be regarded in the light of a savior. Blavatsky clearly taught that Satan and Lucifer, the tempter, the mind is, quote, our redeemer, our intelligent liberator and savior. Satan and the evil spirits who were using Elvis Presley like a puppet used him to spread the New Age lie. Elvis claimed that his mission was to use his name and influence to initiate people into the spiritual world of which he was being used. He claimed that this voice was using him as a channel to reach millions of people through the universal language of music. Elvis almost always had on hand a copy of Blavatsky's Voice of Silence with which he would indoctrinate his fans by reading from Blavatsky's book on stage as Larry Geller held it like a script prompter. One of his disciples declared, but Elvis often gets up in his acts during his performances and reads these things to the audience, says Sonny. One night at the Riviera Hotel in Las Vegas, he produced Blavatsky's voice and insisted that Don Rickles read passages from it. Satanism boils down to the lie that we can do our own thing and that we are our own gods and that we can save ourselves. Jesus Christ warned, for whoever wishes to save his life shall lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. Blavatsky, Crowley, and Anton LaVey, former leader of the Church of Satan, teach the same lie. In the Satanic Bible, LaVey states, Say unto thine own heart, I am my own Redeemer. Well, I'm evil, so don't you mess around. Elvis declared, Someday in the near future, we'll see how the so-called ministers of God react as they see their worn-out ways and the whole old age start crumbling. They'll all get theirs. I can't wait till the new age comes. Oh, man, there is so much to kind of unpack there, Joe. Obviously, as we mentioned, the people paying homage to him, the people praying. That that one, honestly, that, that one lady in the video, when she says that if you're a good person and believe in God, then Elvis can answer your prayers. It just breaks my heart, and I pray that she repented from that. I saw somebody else wrote on here during the live stream, and they said, and this is an older video, I'm really praying that, that some of them repented from their worship. Amen. Uh, and we use the word icon sometimes to describe these artists because that's who they are. And we want to make sure this is an iconoclastic ministry. This is an iconoclastic uh, video uh, that we break down these icons and bring them back so that people can turn away from them and worship the creator rather than the creation. And so when we look at all of this, recognize that we're trying to show you there is, without a doubt, and I and I say this over and over again because this is how I recognized it and came to Christ after watching They Sold Their Souls to Rock and Roll, recognize the spiritual reality here that we aren't just simply, you know, electrical waves moving through our brain, but people are getting, he was being used by the prince of the power of the air. He was being used by Satan pushing Elena Blavatsky. I mean, come on, man. Read, having Don Rickles read his stuff? Like, come on, Don, please read this out to to the thousands of people watching here. I mean, to get this stuff popularized and normalized to so many people right around that time and then even later in his life, and then we get to see that that's what people really believe, yeah. whether they know it or not. Yeah, because these are the very doctrines on the heels of Elvis 
well, not even down the heels because he got big in the 50s. But he's doing these things in the 60s, you know, uh, early 70s, of course. And he's promoting the occult right along with, you know, the whole satanic revolution through the Beatles and the Stones and so many of the bands that were promoting the Eastern mysticism and everything. He's headlong in it. And he's one of the leaders, spiritual leaders. I mean, I don't think you have John Lennon reading from Blavatsky on stage, you know. Uh, so he's proselytizing and he names his gospel group The Voice after her occult book, The Voice of Silence, where she claims to be channeling these, these same demonic entities. So it's quite interesting. Uh, a gal by the name of Wanda June Hill, she interviewed him in 1973. And uh, he claims that these two entities would communicate to him that were made of light. In fact, uh, Larry Geller, his good his hairstylist, his good friend, Elvis was best man at his wedding and so forth, and he gave Elvis a lot of his occult books. Uh, he said that Elvis believed he was in touch with the Great White Brotherhood, uh, not an Aryan group, but uh, the spiritual entities that were, the Bible identifies these as demonic entities. Uh, and he told Wanda Hill, and I quote from him, uh, she tells her uh, that these light forms appeared to him since he was young, and they played music for me, showed me things, instruments like in sounds, and they told me about my home and who I used to be and still am and how I would, I would be great, a great person in this life, and they showed me a guy dancing kind of on stage under lights, dressed in, in white with colors all around, and they said, they said, learn, you know, it was me. They had showed me the future. It's kind of interesting. Jim Morrison, uh, he's got a D at film school here, not far from us in L.A., uh, and he goes and becomes a street bum, lives on the beach and, and on a rooftop uh, in, Venice, in Venice, but he's getting these visions of himself being on stage. Bono, we have a whole expose on Bono, and who said he wanted to make Kenneth Anger's uh, Zoo TV, yeah. Through Zoo TV, make them accessible to people. Kenneth Angus co-founder of Church of Satan. He said he saw himself when he was young. Uh, so Jim Morris, the door, said he saw these whole concert situations. And here, Elvis sees the same kind of thing. They're giving visions of what they want to groom him to be. So, folks, we, that's what I'm saying. A lot of this, a lot of people just, they just don't know. And our hearts break for them because they don't understand how there is a spiritual war going on and Satan is being used in all kinds of people to turn people away from God. And Elvis was perfect, man, because he could use a kind of like a churchy kind of background, have people put their guard down. Oh, he did a gospel album. Oh, you know, he, he believes in God. Before you know it, man, they're all mesmerized. A lot of young children are, are screaming their braces off as he's gyrating sexually and being they're being drawn into that. And then before they know it, they're being drawn into uh, a, a life which is worship of man. And they're getting away from singing spiritual songs and hymns and spiritual songs have to do with worship of Jesus, and now they're just headlong into the music of the world where they're glorifying sex, drugs, rock and roll, violence, and eventually suicide and death for many of them as well. No, and I think that Elvis was actually a, a good picture as well for so many people for what Satan uh, in, in the beginning offers to people. You have this very handsome, talented, good-looking man, and next thing you know, when you see him at the end, Joe, when you see how, he, how things ended for him, you really see that Satan offers all of these things to people, and they, he offers the world, and then guess what they end up as? Yes, absolutely. I mean, everything. It just it really is a very sad, sad thing. And the fact that people continue to worship him through all of this, yeah. I mean, it is heartbreaking. And we're going to look at, Joe, on this. this it's the last clip we'll play here uh, because it, it does touch on his death. And when we look at that, there's been so many different conspiracies and so many different things. Like I met, like we mentioned earlier, uh, Bob Joyce, he, you know, you know, Elvis, he faked his death and he lives as a pastor named Bob Joyce, which would be very deceitful, by the way, and uh, be tough being a pastor leading people. Yeah, especially faking. when the Bible says liars will go to the lake of fire. <laughs> right, how he's going to preach? Right next to the sorcerers, right? Uh, That's right, and, and so well. forth, and, and the cowards, and the pronetto, the sexual perverts, and, <laughs> and and pharmacia, the druggies. Yeah, all on the same list. Revelation twenty one eight. Amen. And and so we look at all of of these things, and you see over and over again people pushing whatever narrative they want to try to say, oh no, he's actually he was a believer this whole time. It was all this, but. The narrative here, as you mentioned already, Joe, it's not like at some point he said, I'm "Not doing this anymore. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be cheating against my my wife." But who was bedside with him? You guys are going to see this clip of what it looked like when he was actually at the end of his life. Elvis's autopsy revealed 14 different drugs in his body. Dr. Norman Wiseman, director of the Bioscience Laboratory, testified that he had never seen so many drugs in one body. 
Incredibly, the night that Elvis died, his body was filled with drugs and his soul was filled with occultic lies. He died reading a book called Sex and Psychic Energies, a book about the very occultic forces that he had tapped into to initiate the world into sexual license and promiscuity and the lies of the New Age as the king of rock and roll. Elvis took his packet of medication and started reading a book on psychic energy then. He thought that would help him fall asleep. Then I fell asleep. So at about 8 o'clock, I woke up because Elvis was restless, saying that he just couldn't sleep. So he called downstairs for Ricky again, and Ricky came up and brought up uh, another pack of medication. He took the book on psychic energy with him, and he started toward the bathroom door. And I said, no, don't fall asleep. And he turned and smiled at me and said, oh, okay, I won't. I'll never forget, I grabbed Elvis by the shoulder, and I pulled him over, and I saw a sight that haunts me for the rest of my life. His face was blue bloated. His tongue was black and half bitten off. And it didn't take me two seconds to realize that, that Elvis Presley was dead, dead, dead. The truth dead. of the matter is that Elvis, the king of rock and roll, was killed by the very rock and roll lifestyle that he promoted and so epitomized in his very life. Besides his obsession with sex and drugs and the occult, Elvis was also obsessed with death. Elvis was so obsessed with death that his former disciples admitted that he would take them through graveyards and visit funeral homes as late as 3 a.m. to wander around the slabs looking at all the embalmed bodies. All of Elvis's fame, fortune, women, drugs, music, and the demonic powers he had tapped into could not bring Elvis happiness in the end. It was one huge, brutal lie. On the outside, Elvis presented the picture that he had it all together, but on the inside, he was the most miserable man on earth. Pastor Hamill, who pastored First Assembly of God in Memphis, stated that when Elvis had visited him in the late 50s, at the pinnacle of his success in rock and roll stardom, that Elvis declared, quote, I'm the most miserable young man you've ever seen. I've got all the money I'll ever need to spend. I've got millions of fans. I've got friends. But I'm doing what you taught me not to do. And I'm not doing the things you taught me to do. Nearly a decade later, in 1967, Elvis would attempt suicide. Elvis would later declare, it's better to be unconscious than miserable. Albert Goldman in his book, Elvis, The Last 24 Hours, presents a case that Elvis may have ended his life by committing suicide. In the end, Elvis found out the truth of God's word. The wages of sin is death. And he rejected the gift of God, eternal life through Jesus Christ. He did not heed the warning in God's word. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He that sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap eternal life. For those who have ears to hear and eyes to see and are not deluded by the image, but see through to the reality, Elvis' life was a big lesson. Jesus Christ warned, What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Yes, Joe, that is what is so sad here when we're really looking at this whole thing and knowing that even the woman next to him uh, was not his wife. You know, it was not his bride. He was literally there in, in grievous uh, adultery, drug usage, more drugs being brought to him, all of these things. And people have tried to cover up, I guess, uh, the very person that was right next to him, knowing what book that he went in there to say, oh, he was reading a book on the Shroud of Turin, but even the book that they bring up, the foreword to that book is written by mystic Ed Edgar Cayce. Yeah. I mean, even even the one that they tried to... An occult version, yeah. An occult version, yeah. Which he wasn't reading. He was reading... She was with him, and she said he was reading... Uh, and actually, the book is called Not Just Psychic Energy. She kind of just shortened it. It's called Sex, sex and Psychic, psychic Energy, energy yeah. which is about sex magic which Lester Crowley taught his people to follow. So he dies, not repentant, he dies involved in uh, the occult. And Ginger Alden, who he was living with, he was telling her that he was going to marry her. And he, she said he wanted to do a marriage in a, pure, a giant pyramid-shaped building so the psychic energies could be focused upon them. He had a total occult worldview, folks. And, and the scriptures warn you know, what happens when you live that kind of life. In fact, we read in 1 Chronicles chapter 10, verse 13, it states that Saul, speaking of King Saul, died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He did not keep the word of the Lord and even consulted a medium for guidance. Uh, so one reason God put King Saul to death uh, is because of his occultism. Jezebel was a witch. She died and was eaten, licked up by dogs, you know, uh, because of her, her going into uh, part of it was because of her involvement in the occult. And uh, Chronicles 10, 13, 1 Chronicles that's a, that's a powerful warning. And Elvis died. He was living by the power of the occult and got his fame that way through working with these demonic entities. And 
and got a lot of accolades and is getting accolades as we speak as this is the premiere of the movie uh, today. But there's another 10.13 we want to encourage you guys in. And that's 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, where it says, There's no trial or temptation that's taken us that is not common to man. But God is faithful, who with the temptation of the trial will also give us a way of escape that we may be able to endure it. And there Paul says right before that, Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. We're all right now being tested on this planet as to whether we're going to embrace Jesus Christ as our Lord or not. Jesus Christ was not Elvis's Lord. And if Jesus is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Because the scriptures are very clear. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord and not do the things that I say? And Titus chapter 1, verse 16, it speaks of those who profess to know him, but by their works they deny him. By saying, I know Jesus, I love Jesus, and so forth, but doing the opposite and not truly following him is not salvation. The Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, behold, if anyone be in Christ, is a new creation. Behold, old things have passed away, and all things become have become new. We have to make sure that Jesus Christ is first in our lives. We need to make sure we love him more than the world system, and that we're not defending the world and trying to exonerate evil and wicked behavior because we put things before Jesus. In fact, the scriptures are very, very uh, clear that in, in James 4, 4, it says, you adulteresses, talking about spiritual adultery, of the bride of Christ. Know you not that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever makes himself a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And in 1 John chapter 2, John warns in verse 15 through 17, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For all that is of the world is less the flesh, less the eyes, and the pride of life. And the world is passing away, and the lust thereof. But he that does the will of God abides forever. So we need to make a, ch- a choice in our lives to not love the world more than Jesus, but to love Jesus and, and, and just hate the evils of the world and love the people that are lost in the world and show the gospel with them that Jesus Christ came to save sinners, of which Paul said he was chief. just want to encourage you uh, and everybody listening that we're, we are in a world full of temptation, and Elvis Presley embodied a lot of that temptation in not just his own life, but he became a tool for Satan to, to allure people into a world of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And they latched on with Elvis, the biggest artists of the 1950s, Little Richard, Jerry Lewis, and Elvis, were all involved in the occult. Little Richard said that Satan was controlling his mind at the zenith of his career through his jewelry off of a, of, of a, a bridge. And when he was huge, uh, Little Richard, Jerry Lewis, we play in our video, They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll, when he's with Sam, uh, when he's actually recording at Sun Studio, Great Balls of Fire, and he stops and he's like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm being used by the devil. Well, guess what? They actually knew what was going on. Elvis did to a degree too. At least he knew he was being used by these dark forces. He was embracing them and he knew he was pulling the wool over the eyes of his followers that thought he was a Christian because when he's being confronted with sexual perversion and they say, you better do a monologue over that Elvis. We saw him singing, what a friend we have in Jesus. Utter mockery. Love Jesus, the true king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords and follow him and you'll live for eternity. Follow the gods of this age. You'll be led away from the true one true God and you'll be in outer darkness forever and ever. Embrace Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father but through me. There's only one mediator between God and man. It's not Elvis. His name is Jesus. Amen. Elvis doesn't answer your prayers. Only the one true God answers your prayers. And if you seek Jesus, you'll never be let down. So we want to encourage you. Follow him now and until the end of time, and you'll be with him for all eternity. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you guys so much for joining us. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.